We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. No guests, no Jack. Riding solo once again, recapping the Nets win over the Pelicans, 120-105. Great to see the Nets take care of business at home against an inferior opponent. But we did see Kevin Durant get hurt in this game. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. But make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. And before we get into the game, you know, touching on KD and the injury, we saw him suffer midway through the second quarter. Bruce Brown kind of tumbled backwards, made contact above Kevin Durant's knee as well. We saw KD's knee kind of hyperextend a little bit. He was able to walk off the court himself, and you know we did get the uh, the news update that he wasn't going to return to this game, and he would be getting an MRI tomorrow morning. So, didn't look super bad or anything like that. Obviously, you know you always hold your breath with a franchise player, and you know the best player in the NBA like that getting hurt. But fingers crossed that everything's okay. And obviously, four game road trip coming up, the Nets can you know possibly take and take an easy getting Kyrie for those road games and having the potential of, you know, not worrying about Kevin Durant being out there and winning games because obviously, you know, the main goal needs Kevin Durant to win a championship. This team needs Kevin Durant 100% healthy and able to be the best player in the NBA. But talking about this game, you know, some really promising stuff from the rookies to just the overall play of the team, you know, first quarter we actually saw the Nets win a first quarter come out with some good momentum come out with some good pace and then in that second quarter just really turn things up 37 to 19 um, just a really dominant you know good offensively uh, good defensively things were just kind of working on both ends of the floor you know the defense was turning into offense some of the offensive possessions was relatively easy to generate good looks with penetration or just good ball movement or guys understanding where they need to be and also just having some space lineups out there you you know, we saw a lot of lineups tonight that included a minimum of three shooters. Obviously, some of that changed in the second half when Katie went down. But in that first half, we saw a good amount of balance. You know, there was a lot of lineups that had the offense, also had some defenders in there, but also provided necessary spacing for guys to excel because with more space, 
guys are able to play better, you know, be it a day run sharp on a roll or James Harden trying to isolate or find open teammates or even Cam Thomas having the ability to create space against one defender, not having to worry about someone coming over to block his shot kind of goes to show you how important spacing really is. And that's something I think Steve Nash has been leaning into more these last couple games, especially with, you know, Kyrie playing in the road games, Kessler Edwards getting into the lineup, understanding, you know, spacing is the key to a lot of different things offensively and the allows guys to play their best offensive basketball. So that was great to see, you know, talking about the second half, third quarter, Nets came out a little slow, allowed the Pelicans to go on, you know, I think an 11 to three run blew that 29 point, uh, 28 point lead halftime lead. And, you know, that, that wasn't great, but it was somewhat expected because there'd be a little bit of a letdown with, you know, Kevin Durant not being out there in that third quarter and getting that news. And obviously the Pelicans weren't going to take any shots to the Nets or make any type of run in this game. So I thought the Nets in the third didn't play great, but finished it pretty strong, was able to kind of get that 20 point lead back. Fourth quarter was a little bit of coasting, you know, just able to keep the Pelicans far away enough not necessarily, you know, put the nail on the coffin early to get those extra minutes of rest for a Harden or a Patty Mills, but still able to have a very convincing win, something that we haven't necessarily seen a ton of. You know, this is the type of win we would have loved to see against OKC, but as mentioned on that podcast, it was going to be tough for the team to win that game just given all the travel, all the games played, all the minutes acquired over the last couple games. So this was the type of performance you want to see against one of the bottom teams in the Western Conference or bottom teams in the Eastern Conference. So credit the Nets for coming out, playing the right way, starting off strong, and just taking care of business. And that's simply what they did because this is also a team that the Nets faced earlier in the season and almost blew a double-digit lead to and allowed them to win a game they had no business winning. So Small steps in playing the basketball we want to see them play, but just talking about the team overall, you know, we saw the starting lineup of Patty Mills, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kessler Edwards, and Dayron Sharp, and the rookies showed up again. You know, I think starting with Kess, this was a nice game for him. You know, 16 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, uh, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block. You know, you just saw a lot of the good things that Kessler Edwards can do in this game and being a complimentary role player. Obviously, a 3 ball was on, 4 of 5. Uh, defensively, I thought he did a really nice job on Brandon Ingram. You know, just making him work. You know, Ingram did hit some shots in this game, but he had to earn them. And Kessler just had that extra level of energy and effort constantly contesting. And you can start to see his length impacting, you know, offensive players rather than, you know, a Bruce Brown contest. You see a Kessler Edwards contest, that extra height, that extra length has an impact. And also I think, you know, Kessler just does some role player type things. You know, he does a nice job of trying to be an outlet for the passer, you know, moving without the ball, relocating into a position where he can take a pass on and knock down a three. And he's also able to, you know, some of these stagnant possessions where, you know, James Harden might dribble into a corner and needs to throw the ball out. You know, Kess is that guy, can dribble it, get Harden the ball back, allow the offense to kind of get moving in the right direction. So again, another positive performance for Kessler. And he just looks like a guy that needs to get minutes and needs to play for this team because of the skill set he has in the body type that he has. And I also think He's only going to get better, obviously, being a rookie. There's still rookie mistakes, and as mentioned on the last show, his layup package and finishing inside definitely can be better, but he's getting a ton of reps on good offensive players. You know, this week alone, you know, reps on Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, uh, SGA, and then tonight, Brandon Ingram. So, 
as he develops, as he gets more experience, he's going to continue to improve defensively. And I think him and DeAndre Bembry out there together at different points, you had some really good point of attack defense, both guys willing to fight over screens, play with a little extra contact, and fight their way back into the play. So, again, really promising stuff for Kessler Edwards. Continues to impress and needs to be a part of this rotation. But going to the other rookie who started tonight, Dayron Sharp, 12 points, 6 of 14 from the field, 10 rebounds, 6 offensive, 1 block, 1 turnover. You know, Dayron provides the Nets with just a big body. Like, he's just a guy that has physicality that the Nets have desperately missed over, you know, probably the last couple seasons, maybe since they had a guy like Ed Davis who was really just willing to be physical down there. And, you know, a matchup against Jonas Valanciunas, a guy who has pretty much eaten the Nets inside at different points of his career, be it with the Grizzlies, be it with the Pelicans early in the season, or back in the day when he was with the Raptors. You know, the Nets never really had a guy that could be physical with him. Daron did a good job with Valanciunas, especially in the post. And he also does a great job with a lot of these big NBA big men, like the true bigs, you know, the Nurkages, the Valanciunas, you know, even Joel Embiid, and just kind of being an annoyance. Like, he's big enough where he can kind of fight with these guys, create enough contact where you're like, man, like, he must not be fun to go against for some of these older veterans or these guys that are just looking to go in for a regular season game. And credit Dayron for doing that. And also, I think you're seeing him develop as a roller. You know, he's become uh, a really nice target for James Harden. They're developing some nice chemistry. One thing, you know, as mentioned prior, he's a big target. Like, he's a big body that can use his body to create leverage or kind of seal off the defender to provide Harden that option. And also, he's a little bit niftier on the rim. You know, we saw tonight he dropped the dribble, uh, crossed over Devontae Graham, and ended up finishing at the rim. Just those subtle little movements, I think, have been impressive because he's not, as mentioned, the greatest vertical athlete, but he has improved, I think, athletically. He looks lighter than he was, obviously, in summer league, but he also looks lighter than what we saw even in some garbage time in the preseason. So, Dayron continuing to work, continuing to impress, and being a presence on the boards. You know, six offensive boards, and a lot of those are earned, just fighting down there and just constantly playing with energy. Another thing he does from the energy perspective is run in transition. You know, add an easy transition bucket in this game, and that's just extra points that you know, are created strictly by effort. So again, you know, Sharp isn't a perfect player defensively. I still think, you know, there's room for improvement, especially help-wise and moving his feet and kind of not getting stuck and looking to block shots maybe a little bit too early. But again, similar to Kessler Edwards, he's a rookie. All this is reps. But at the end of the day, it's showcasing, you know, to Steve Nash, the coaching staff, the front office, at least what they have for Dayron Sharp this season. And I don't think... I'm as strong in terms of opinion that he needs to be in the rotation. He needs to be in the playoff rotation or the impact he can truly have for the ultimate goal this season. But at the very minimum during the regular season, he provides you a matchup body and energy guy that can kind of continue to grow. So really happy with the progress and the play of these two, especially just kind of push into the starting lineup. But you can see how both guys really complement not just the starters, but also really compliment James Harden. You know, we talked about a couple episodes ago, James Harden needs spacing. He needs three-point shooters. He needs somebody who can hit the ball in the corner. You know, Kessler Edwards is that guy that can give him some of that extra spacing. And Daron Sharp gives him another rim roller, a guy that wants to roll to the rim and make some impact plays down there. And also a guy that can clean up some of the James Harden misses. You know, we saw him do that a little bit tonight. Grab the, you know, Harden might miss the layup. Sharp's right there. Grabs the offensive board for the easy kind of put-back lay-in. So, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply allowing Harden to play better with these rookies, but also complimenting the starters as well. And talking James Harden, he had some juice tonight. You know, 27 points, ended up playing 40 minutes, but 9 of 15 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds and 15 assists, uh, 1 steal, 1 block, did have 6 turnovers, but he played with a lot of pace and pop. You know, it wasn't always necessarily pushing in transition, but when he got the ball, he was trying to do something with it. Very spry. I think in that second half, Pelicans did a better job of kind of forcing the ball out of his hands and making another net beat them. But Harden was really good. And obviously, if the KD injury is any bit serious and he misses, you know, a week, a game, or whatever it is, Harden's the guy you want to step up. But the way he's played in some of these previous matchups over this week and tonight's game you're feeling pretty good where he's at, especially when he has that little bit of extra burst and pop where he's, even tonight, you saw him moving off ball a little bit, you know, just trying to do some different things and having an impact on the court. You love that level of engagement and focus. And Harden's starting to get back to the form where, you know, you're not expecting maybe the most amazing game every night, but at the very least, you're expecting a pretty good game that's going to help this team win. And, you know, tonight he was very good. But moving into the next game on Monday against Cleveland, you know, you're like, you know, you expect Harden to be good where earlier this year it was like, are we going to get good Harden? Or are we going to get bad Harden? Now he's starting, I think, to build up his confidence, build up his conditioning and building up just being back on the NBA court, competing at such a high level. And also, like I said, some of it isn't just Harden playing better. Some of it is the guys around him playing better. Steve Nash putting him in a position that allows him to excel and some of that youthful juice from the rookies out there. So hopefully this continues. He plays high at a high level and then getting Kyrie. We obviously know the chemistry those two had last season, but another guard that played well tonight, 21 points, 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 3 assists, 1 rebound, 1 steal, and we're talking Patty Mills. You know, he's starting to look energetic, spry, 3-point shots, starting to get back in rhythm because even the misses he had tonight – 
they were halfway down. Literally one, you know, hit the, hit the rim about seven times before it popped out. And that's the type of energy you love to see from Patty as well. You know, I thought there was a couple times in this one where he took advantage of the spacing a little bit, was able to penetrate and get some of those buckets, did have that beautiful fake dribble handoff in this game too. You know, this is the, this is the guy we saw early in the year. I think that rest really benefited Patty Mills. And hopefully moving forward, they can keep him under 30 minutes in a, you know, put him in a position where he's going to excel and be able to be a consistent, impactful player on this team instead of maybe drying him out with some of these high-minute games or even just high-usage games. You know, I think this is kind of like the perfect amount for if you want to kind of get the best version of Patty Mills without overexerting him. And, you know, obviously just quickly touching on Kevin Durant, did only play 12 minutes in this game, but 12 points, 4 of 8 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Looked like it was going to be another typical, you know, Kevin Durant game. You know, probably 25 points, six or seven rebounds, five assists, probably two steals, two blocks, great efficiency. You know, KD was looking good in this one, and the Pelicans didn't really have much of an answer for him. But obviously, we mentioned the injury before. Hopefully, everything's good with him, and we see him back on the court soon. But talking about KD's friend, somebody who said they were going to check on him after the game, give him a call, doesn't want to see anybody like that go down. And we're talking Cam Thomas. A great performance from Cam tonight. You know, 20 points, 9 of 13 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, uh, 6 rebounds, did have 0 assists, but 1 steal, 2 turnovers. And, you know, he missed one two-pointer in this game. You know, he was a guy that just was super efficient inside the arc. And even the three-point shot wasn't bad tonight. Two of five, that's a number I think we take every single night from Cam Thomas, considering how he plays inside. And that short-to-mid-range shot is just pure money for him. And like I talked about earlier, I think he's starting to understand NBA spacing a little bit more and playing in some of these more space lineups He's getting opportunities to attack guys one-on-one, and then he's also getting opportunities to kind of attack guys on closeouts. One thing that sticks out, he gives me a little bit of shades of Eric Gordon playing with James Harden. You know, there was a couple plays in this game where he took took the pass from Harden, instantly put it on the floor, and was able to attack his defender, create that space, and then kind of pull up and settle for a shot that he wants to take. So Cam's really excelling offensively and turning into that score. And I think there was a couple of defensive flashes, and we've mentioned a lot, you know, he's willing to go in, in the post or in the paint to grab some of those boards as well. So Cam is looking good. Like I mentioned, Daron Sharp looked good. Kessler Edwards looked good. The draft class this year really showing up. Obviously, David Duke Jr. only played in garbage time, but he had some other positive moments in this game, and obviously he was undrafted as well. But talking Kess, talking Sharp, and talking Cam really helped the Nets win this game. You know, they did combine for about 48 points for this team. And, you know, these are rookies, and they did it at a very efficient level too. So nice draft for Marks, and hopefully these guys continue to develop. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be bumps, but – there's a real potential for, I think, Kess to be part of this rotation the entire season and Cam too. And I think both guys may have an opportunity to even be part of the playoff rotation at the minimum, you know, the first round rotation. But moving on to Blake Griffin, 20 minutes in this one, six points, two of four from the field, 0 of two from three, two of two from the free throw line, five rebounds, six assists. And I think a lot of those assists came with Patty Mills. You know, they have a great chemistry with that dribble handoff situation. And also, you know, on a couple scores in this game, I think Blake did a nice job just attacking you know a smaller defender and being patient you know in the past we've seen him rush force off shots that he probably doesn't want to take but also a couple deficiencies from Blake in this one we saw his height in regards of playing small ball center going against somebody like Jackson Hayes who was able to literally reach over him multiple times and you know grab a defensive or offensive board so 
Blake has his deficiencies, but he did do enough in this one to provide, you know, a plus for this team and have a good impact. And moving to DeAndre Bembry, zero points, uh, did have two assists, two rebounds, one steal, one block. I think defensively, he's just a presence out there. He's a guy that's going to make the offensive player feel him, you know, occasionally being maybe a little bit too handsy foul-wise, but Again, he's putting pressure on the ball handler and making them think twice about what they're trying to do and just taking them a little bit out of rhythm. And as mentioned by many on that Twitter or just throughout this season, he's a guy that fights over screens and gets himself back in the play to contest. There was this one block he had tonight, I think it was on uh, Alexander, where he just was able to fight back in and still jump up and block it almost from behind. It was just an incredible play. And when him and Kessler Edwards are out there, they can really provide some great point of attack defense for the Nets and just kind of mess things up and force, you know, some of these teams into bad shots. And I think also the Nets tonight did a nice job defensive positioning wise, you know, in spots that help their teammates and also not, you know, lose their offensive player that they're in charge of defending or whatever it be at the three point line. There was a lot of good chemistry and cohesion. There was obviously some plays where they could have been better and taken some plays off, but as mentioned on the Brooklyn Buzz many times, if the Nets are going to be an elite team, it's because they're an elite offense and a good defense. They're not going to be a team that wins every single possession defensively, but long as they can show those flashes and then the ability to really turn it up when it comes to the postseason, I think that's good enough for a lot of fans, especially throughout this regular season. And uh, we did get Bruce Brown in this game, four points, two of four from the field, three rebounds, uh, one turnover. Bruce still out of rhythm and I think again you know as mentioned many times on this podcast and on Twitter is his skill set just a little redundant with DeAndre Bembry playing so well and then even having now you know a backup in David Duke Jr. who can do some similar things and I think the Nets improved their spacing over the last couple weeks or the last week or so but it's still not enough to have you know a two non-spacers out there be it you know a Bruce Brown and a Bembry or whatever it is so it's tough for the Nets to find the correct balance in without on the floor until, you know, maybe they're fully healthy and they can run some of those Kyrie, Harden, KD, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown lineups we saw last year. And giving him more opportunities to attack an open space and attack a defender that's moving rather than having a center there waiting for him. And that was some of the real benefits of Brown playing with the lineups he played with last year because you're talking about four elite floor spacers, you know, an elite passer in James Harden. Now Bruce is sometimes getting wide open dunks at the rim or even just wide open, you know, floater slash teardrops for him to shoot. And this year there are just not as many to come by because defenses understand his game, but also because the Nets aren't able to provide enough spacing for him to have those same opportunities. So nothing against Bruce, you know, obviously a huge part of the team last year, but he would be a guy, as mentioned by many, that could be mentioned in uh, trade rumors, guy, a guy that could be sent to another team potentially to grab the Nets a pick or part of a bigger deal to allow them to just add maybe a couple more veterans to this roster, you know, a 3 and D guy, maybe another big or whatever it might be. We'll jump into a trade episode, and hopefully this is my last solo pod for a long time. Jack's trip is coming to an end and obviously, you know, we'll be able to get some more guests on this week. It's just been a little bit crazy. And the goal is always to have at least two people on the podcast, ideally Jack and I, and then potentially sometimes a guest, but you know, it doesn't always work out. Happy to still do some of these recaps and obviously appreciate everybody listening and subscribing to the buzz, every, you know, comment post, whatever it is, we really appreciate it and be sure to check us out on all stream platforms. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.